In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and it's great to be with you, and today we celebrate a very important day. Today we celebrate the birthday. We celebrate the birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary. What a great blessing that we celebrate Mary's birthday today. So, praise the Lord. And we want to wish to wish Mary a happy birthday. And of course, we like to start off our conversation as always by praying to Mary the prayer that she loves most. And the prayer that Mary loves most is of course the Hail Mary. So it's Mary's birthday today, and we'd like to say that beautiful prayer that she loves so much. So together, let's uh, wish Mary a happy birthday by saying with a lot of love and devotion the prayer that she really loves most, and that, that's the Hail Mary. Together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, my friends, we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director, our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier. Holy Spirit is also known as Our interior master, St. Paul reminds us in these words, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba, Abba, which is Daddy or Father. So let's uh, let's pray this wonderful prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to draw us closer to Mary, because Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church, and Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. So let's pray this wonderful prayer. 
the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of God, Mother of the Church, and our Mother, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, my friends, we wish Mary a happy birthday today. And as always in my Mass, I'd like to pray for all of you in the Mass that I'll be celebrating in honor of Mary. And... Of course, the Mass is the greatest of all prayers in which we praise God the Father by offering the spotless victim, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'd like to place on the altar various intentions. One intention will be one intention will be that we'll be open to the Holy Spirit, to the inspirations that come to us through the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we can say this prayer Come <coughs> Holy Spirit fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation 
through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. So my friends, like to place you on the altar that we'd be really open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And next, that I'd like to pray for our families that we would go through a conversion. Our family members and ourselves, well, we, we would go through a conversion. How pleasing to Mary to work on her own conversion. That means to move away from sin and draw closer to Christ. What better way to draw closer to Christ than to Mary? Mary is the quickest, the easiest, the most efficacious way to draw close to Christ is through his mother. And on this day in which we celebrate the birthday of Christ, I mean the birthday of Mary, Let's pray that those who will be dying today, that they would die in the state of grace. As our Lord himself says, what does it profit a man? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world if he loses his immortal soul? Let's pray for those that are dying today that through Mary's prayers, as a birthday gift, that they would open up to God's mercy. God is slow to anger and he's rich in mercy and compassion. So let's pray for the dying. So my friends, what a beautiful day to celebrate the birthday of Mary, the mother of God. So let's talk about this uh, this wonderful birthday and then part of my presentation today will be what are when we celebrate a birthday we want to give some birthday gifts to the person celebrating the birthday so we'll we'll mention we'll mention that today what are some of the gifts we might be able to give to Mary, who is truly the mother of God, the mother of the church, and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. First thing I'd like to say is the date. I think you're going to like this. The date that the church places for Mary's birthday is September 8th. September 8th. Now, many of you are mothers. Many of you are mothers. If you Think about the normal course of a pregnancy is usually about nine months. Sometimes it can be a little bit earlier, sometimes even a little bit longer. But the normal course pregnancy leading up to the birth of the child would be nine months. So, why don't we do this? 
let's count let's count nine months. So let's go. If we go if we go forward, okay, we've got October, November. Rather, we go backwards. If we go backwards and we count the nine months from September 8th all the going backward, it's going to be December 8th. So, very interesting that we have December 8th related to September 8th. Okay, why is December 8th very important? It's because December 8th, you know what we celebrate. December 8th is is one of the key Marian solemnities. It's one of Marian, Mary's dogmas. So December 8th, my friends, you know what it is. Because we've talked, we talk a lot about Mary. And that's her Immaculate Conception. So December 8th is the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we count, we count from December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So there we have the full nine months. So I thought you would be interested in that. Now let's uh, let's develop on this. You know the birth of Jesus. So the birth of Jesus is December twenty fifth. So March twenty fifth would be nine months before the birth of Jesus. What do we celebrate on March 25th every year? Happens to be my spiritual birthday. What a privilege! March 25th, I was baptized. What a what a great what a great grace that is! March 25th, that I was actually baptized. And that is when the archangel Gabriel announces to Mary that she'll be the mother of God. And Mary gives her fiat, her consent, by saying, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. In that moment, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. It's called a Shekinah in Hebrew. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is called the virginal conception. So you have the immaculate, the immaculate conception. December 8th refers to Mary being conceived. Whereas the virginal conception refers to Jesus being conceived in Mary. And some, some, some good Catholics will at times confuse these these privileges. Some good Catholics will confuse these privileges. Some good Catholics will actually confuse these these wonderful privileges. 
So the Immaculate Conception refers to Mary's conception in her mother, St. Anne's womb, whereas the virginal conception refers to Mary conceiving Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and Mary's womb. So you got that? It's good to have clarity on these Mary, Mariology, these theological topics. So let's go then to the, let, let's return to what Catholic tradition teaches us about Mary and Mary's birth. Now let me tell you now, we don't actually find it in the Bible, but this has been the long tradition of the Catholic Church. So the, the names that are given to the parents of Mary, and they would be the grandparents of Jesus, Jesus only has two grandparents, would be, his father's name is Saint Joachim. And the mother's name would actually be Saint Anne. So Saint Joachim is the father of Mary and Saint Anne would be the mother of Mary. And they would be the grandparents. They'd be the grandparents of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as well as the patron of grandparents. Incidentally, we celebrate the feast of Saint Anne and Saint Joachim every year on July 26th. Just try to remember that. July 26th we celebrate the feast day of the parents of Mary. Alright. This is, uh, this is the, uh, the tradition that the church has maintained for many years on the parents and the birthday of Mary. Saint Anne and Saint Joachim were very pious, a very pious Jewish couple. And they had a great trial. They had a great, a great trial. And what was the trial? The trial was this. That they couldn't have children. And we see this sometimes in the Old Testament that they're not the only one. Abraham and Sarah could not have children. Hannah could not have children. Then Elizabeth could not have children. So, this is a great source of suffering. A couple that really wanted to have children and a family, but for some reason, because of divine providence, that this birth of a child was 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 delayed. 
Now, according to tradition also, St. Anne and St. Joachim, they were a very prayerful and a very pious couple. Very prayerful and a pious couple. And not only that, but they were very generous. They had a certain economic means at their disposition. But this is what they did. Many of you know what is tithing. Tithing in Spanish is called el diezmo. Tithing. Tithing El diezmo classically would be you give you give ten percent you give ten percent of your income to the church ten percent ten percent of your income to the church. as a sign of generosity and a sign of trust in God's divine providence. In the case of St. Anne and St. Joachim, look what they did. They gave a third, they gave a third of their economic resources to the upkeep of the temple of Jerusalem. Then they gave another third they gave another third of their resources to the poor. And then they gave rather they kept on to the last third of their resources to for themselves now that detail i think is very important very important Very, very important. And the reason being the reason being is that we see in their hearts we see in their hearts a great sense of generosity. That they were generous. The word of St. Ignatius gives is magnanimity. There's a big word for you. Magnanimity. Magna anima. A generous soul. Magna anima. 
And because of their, their great generosity and detachment from material things toward God and the upkeep of the temple, and toward the poor, those who love the poor are really loving Jesus Christ because Jesus said, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a foreigner and you welcomed me. I was sick and in prison, you came to visit me. When? Whenever we did it to least of our brothers and sisters, then we did it to Christ. So given that Anne and Joachim were very generous with God and others because of their great generosity, God gave to them the greatest of all gifts. And that would be the Blessed Virgin Mary. I honestly think that St. Anne and St. Joachim are underestimated. And I hope that one day Pope Francis will, will upgrade their memorial to a feast. Like today we celebrate the feast day of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It would be good if we could have a feast day of St. Anne and St. Joachim too. Because they're so very important. They're so very important. So very important. So in the person of St. Anne and St. Joachim, this is what happened. Now, the conception, the virginal conception in Mary happened in this way. And you can read this in Luke chapter 1 in the first joyful mystery, which is the Annunciation. Is that Mary had made a vow of perpetual virginity. That happens to be one of Mary's one of Mary's uh, dogmatic privileges. Mary was virgin before the birth of Jesus, during the birth of Jesus, and after the birth of Jesus. During the birth of Jesus before the birth of Jesus and after the birth of Jesus. So Mary conceived Christ through the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Whereas, in the case of St. Anne and St. Joachim, The conception of Anne in her womb came about through the normal course of events. Through the normal course of events. However, something very special happened. This was a great privilege that God gave to 
St. Anne and Mary, and for the sake of the whole world, the church as well as the whole world. So what you what you have in the person of Saint Anne is that when Saint Anne conceived Mary in that moment God intervened. So to understand what happened in St. Anne and Mary, we have to go back and review one of the key doctrines or dogmas. Key doctrines or dogmas that we have in the Catholic Church. That is the dogma of original sin. And it's this. That God gave Adam and Eve freedom to choose between good and bad. To obey or to disobey God. But we know from Genesis chapter 3 that Eve standing underneath the forbidden tree, she took from the forbidden fruit. And she passed it on to Adam. And that we call original sin which would be a moral tsunami that spread throughout the whole world. A moral tsunami that spread throughout the whole world. So because of the sin of Adam and Eve, all of humanity, from Adam and Eve until the last person, would enter into this world being conceived with a stain of original sin. However, this is there's there's two exceptions, and that would be in Mary and Jesus. So when Mary was conceived in the womb of Saint Anne, instead of contracting the stain of original sin. When we were conceived, we contracted the stain of original sin that simply comes about through propagation. As the Council of Trent says, not through imitation, but through propagation that we contract the stain of original sin. But Mary, different than us. Mary, different than us. What happened in Mary was what is called preservation. Mary was preserved from the stain of original sin. That's right. Mary was preserved from the stain of original sin. It's interesting that you have a Protestant poet whose name is William Wordsworth, who has penned these beautiful lines in honor of Mary. 
and they are Mary is our tainted nature's solitary boast. That's right. Mary is our tainted nature's solitary boast. So there, <coughs> in the moment of her conception, in the womb of Saint Anne. is the great privilege of the Immaculate Conception. And St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, commenting upon Mary's Immaculate Conception, says, he uses the word in Latin, convenience. We would say it was convenient, but also it was necessary the Immaculate Conception. And the reason being that when Mary would conceive Christ, Jesus has two natures. He has what is called the divine nature and the human nature united in one person, which would be the second person of Trinity. We call that the incarnation. We also call that the hypostatic union. The theologians utilize that terminology. If Mary did not have the Immaculate Conception, that Mary were to have been a sinner like you and me, then when Jesus, he would have come into the world with a tainted human nature. And Aquinas points out that this is really an abomination to think that Jesus in his divine nature, would be spotless. But in his human nature, Jesus would be, he would be sinful. So, there we have the explanation of the parents of Mary, St. Anne and St. Joachim, and the great privilege of the Immaculate Conception. Mary conceiving, being conceived without the stain of original sin. So Saint Anne and Saint Joachim, according to tradition, they brought forth this greatest gift to the world, the Blessed Virgin Mary course about 2,000 years ago. This Mary's birth was the greatest gift to the whole world. That's right. Mary's birth was the greatest gift to the whole world. And it's all related to Jesus Christ. Because Mary entering into the world was facilitating for us God's plan of redemption. That's right. Mary is a key, key figure in the divine economy of salvation. God could have decided to 
save the world in another way. But God willingly decided to save the world in a very human and intimate way. In a way in which all of us can understand because we are human persons. We have a body, a mind and a soul. We have an intellect. We belong to a family. So God wanted to enter into the world through the human channel of a human mother and that mother is Mary. And Mary was brought into the world by a human mother and a human father whose names are Saint Anne and Saint Joachim. Saint Anne and Saint Joachim. So today we wish Mary a happy birthday. Now, related to us, before mentioning a few gifts that we can give to the Blessed Virgin Mary, is the following. Is we can thank God... We can thank God for our own birthday but also we can thank God for our own spiritual birthday. We read in John chapter 3 in the encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, unless a man be born of water and the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The flesh profits nothing, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing, it's the spirit that gives life. Nicodemus says, does that mean I have to return the womb of my mother? Jesus says, you're the master of teaching Israel. You don't understand these things. What will happen if we talk about more lofty things? So what Jesus was talking about to Nicodemus, he's talking about our second birth. And our second birth, my friends, our spiritual birth is our own baptism. You might even celebrate your your baptism, but I would encourage all of you, this might become a family practice, to celebrate the baptism of your own children. I think they'll like it. Celebrating the baptism of your own children. But 
I would suggest that you do it incorporating two different elements, the social part and the spiritual part. Social part, maybe get a cake, an ice cream, some candles. But I would, I would precede it by the spiritual part. Go to church. Maybe make a good confession. Participate in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Receive the Eucharist. Say the Rosary. Then after that, maybe you can go off to Pollo Loco to celebrate. And end by having a, a birthday cake. So this this could be a pretty good practice, which we're, we're sanctifying a natural secular event Well, a supernatural event, the baptism of your of your children, by calling to mind the graces that flow from the wonderful sacrament of holy baptism. So, my friends, on this birthday, the Blessed Virgin Mary. On this birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary, when we celebrate a birthday, we go to the party. We bring gifts. We bring gifts. So I'd like to offer you some suggestions. The first, you could, you can renew, renew your consecration to Mary on her birthday. And you can simply say the act of consecration, say it with a lot of love and devotion. And then to kiss your scapular. First thing I do every morning is I say my consecration to Mary. Oh Mary, my queen, my mother, I give myself totally to you. Then after saying that consecration prayer, I take my scapular and I kiss my scapular then I take my scapula and I bless my mind, eyes, ears, tongue, and heart. So that's the first birthday gift you can offer to Mary on her birthday. And that is to renew your consecration to Jesus through Mary. To renew your consecration to Jesus through Mary. 
The second thing would be, if not today, maybe during the weekend, to make a good sacramental confession. Face it, we're all sinners. Mary is not. By her immaculate conception, Mary was conceived without the stain of original sin, but also Mary was impeccable, meaning during the whole course, during the whole course of Mary's life on earth, Mary never committed even the smallest sin. So by making a good sacramental confession, In honor of Mary, we can cleanse our souls by the, we can cleanse our souls through the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's right. By the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The third gift would be the following. If possible, see if you can go to Mass today and you can participate fully, actively, and consciously in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass And to receive Holy Communion. That's right, to receive Holy Communion. And in imitation of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, whose feast day we celebrated on Monday, Mother Teresa would say, Mary, give me your heart so that I can love Jesus' heart. To receive Holy Communion, my friends, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. If we receive Holy Communion through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, our communion is going to be much more efficacious St. Louis de Montfort St. Louis de Montfort in his classic True Devotion Mary offers us this analogy. If you wanted to present to the king a gift. Say it is an apple. If you did not have access to the king, there'd, there'd be no way that you could give the, the king an apple. But if you knew the queen, 
then you could give the queen the apple and then the queen could take the apple wash the apple polish the apple place the apple on a golden platter and then the queen who's the one who has greatest access to the king, the queen could present the king the apple. And the king would receive the apple with great joy, not because you gave it, but because it was given to the king through the queen. So when we go to the queen of the angels, the queen of the saints, the queen of heaven and earth. And we give her ourselves. And we give her our hearts so that we can receive Jesus. Our communion will be much more efficacious. So perhaps today, on Mary's birthday, you could have recourse to going to church to Mass and to receive Holy Communion in honor of Mary and in honor of her birthday. My friends, we're talking about we're talking about Mary's birthday and we're going through a certain gifts, birthday gifts that we can offer to Mary. That's right. Certain gifts that we can offer to Mary. The next one I'd like to offer is this. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, he invites us when we're meditating and contemplating the the life of Jesus Christ, his public life. <coughs> he says we should beg for the grace of intimate knowledge of Jesus, that we love him more ardently and we follow him more closely. Now I would add another. And that would be the imitation of Christ. We have that famous book by Thomas A. Kempis. It's called The Imitation of Christ. So why not, starting today, on Mary's birthday, make a proposal and a concerted effort to imitate the Blessed Virgin Mary. Jesus said, Be holy as your Heavenly Father is holy. By imitating Mary, then we'll be imitating Christ. And then, my friends, there's another gift that we can offer to Mary. 
When Our Lady appeared in Fatima, Portugal, 1917, appearing on the 13th of May, all the way up until the, the 13th of October. Every, upper, every apparition of Mary, those six apparitions, she said, every time, pray the rosary. Pray the rosary. Pray the rosary for world peace. Because that was during the First World War. Look what's going on in, in the Ukraine and many other countries today. We're living in a world with a lot of wars and a lot of tensions. From, from within and from without. It's so true what Father Patrick Payton says. The family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. Our Lady said it very clearly that the principal reason why there are so many wars in the world principal reason is because people are committing a lot of sins and people are committing a lot of sins because they're forgetting about God that's tantamount to be saying that they're not praying because by not praying we're basically discarding God, we're becoming oblivious to the presence of God in our lives. My friends, without God, my friends, without God, my friends, we can do very little good. Without God, my friends, we can commit a lot of sins. So, my friends, it's a very, very happy day. This is a day of great joy. And the reason being, my friends, it's a day of great joy. All of us should experience a lot of joy today because today, my friends, the whole world celebrates one of the most important birthdays in the world. So today, my friends, we celebrate the birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mary is truly the Mother of God Mary is the mother of the church and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. My friends, I invite you all to share my message with many of your friends because many people don't know that 
today is Mary's birthday. We want the whole world to know that this is the birthday of Mary. We have these encouraging words is that in the end, the immaculate heart of Mary will triumph. So in honor of Mary's birthday, I'd like to impart to all of you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.